Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. To tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. I've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just un- like the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Okay, my name's Rob. Um, my wife and I are part-time paranormal investigators based down at um, Ipswich, west of Brisbane. We've been doing this since we moved down here from the Sundays about five years ago. And it was um, always just something that we'd been interested in. And I've never really had the opportunity to do it up north because there was nowhere really to do it. But um, when we came down here, we went on a couple of the tours. Um, was fortunate enough to be accepted into one of the tour groups down here. And it basically kicked off from there and yeah now we're out doing our own thing and yeah running around in the dark and having a ball it's great what got you into the paranormal because it's not a not a thing that everyone really gets into yeah i mean for me i think it was it's always been there since i was a child um my parents were uh, like fairly accepting of the lesson and stuff so i grew up with Ghost books and UFO books and unexplained books like the old Arthur C. Clarke books. Um, so just all the old Hammer Hammer horror movies as well. So it was just sort of that type of household I grew up in. And probably one of the main things that kicked it off was the grandparents' house a couple of blocks over. It was a very spooky place. And um, it just had a certain aura, like a darkness about it. And I think that's kind of what molded the psyche at a very young age was just the exposure to all those sort of things and i think i think the rest of it just fell off from where was there did you ever have an encounter at like a at an age that kind of solidified the paranormal for you i think the earliest one i could actually think of was in this house um it was one of those houses where you turn the lights off and you could actually feel the dark it was more of like a tactile thing and 
it's like at, at the front of the house the front of the house was, was like where the rooms were where he slept and then my grandparents slept in the back and as soon as they turned the lights off it was almost like a like the hair on your back of your neck stood up yeah, it, it, it always felt like somebody was looking at you all the time regardless of where you were in that house it just felt like you were being watched and I mean there were countless times where we'd all be in one certain section of the house and we'd hear footsteps in the hallway so we'd go and have a look in the hallway then you'd hear them over in the dining room you'd go and have a look over there there's nothing in the dining room um, grandfather used to get the, you know, kick a little um, canister of tennis balls out the front as well and there were times when We'd be sitting there watching TV and you'd hear the tennis balls bounce out in the kitchen. Um, it was just always one of those places where you felt the anticipation of somebody coming through a door. If there's nobody there, it was just that kind of, that, that nice edge kind of, there's somebody there, there's somebody going to come in. But, but it, it, it never did. It, it was kind of like you could always just feel feel a presence in that place. Yeah, yeah, you, you were always being looked at. It's like something was just always on the cusp of something happening sort of thing and sometimes it did yeah how did everyone kind of react to that because i know the paranormal has this funny thing to it where it can choose like an individual for it to happen to and no one else really experiences that but this kind of sounds like everyone in that house was almost having activity happen to them yeah my grandfather and grandmother kind of weird and they they, they just kind of brushed it off they didn't really kind of put too much stock into it um I think after after they moved out, then my aunties moved in, and she would have had certain certain things happen because she had a couple of small kids there as well. So she would actually think it was the kids, but it wasn't the kids. They'd be in bed, so they couldn't make certain noises in the hallway or or the walking or the running. Um, so it was basically kind of like a thing that was just lived with and and, and tolerated, um, essentially until until the family moved out. But it, at at where where it was. Uh, situated directly above it, above a like a cliff, like a bluff, was an old Morris College, as well. So that was I think it was one of the oldest Morris Colleges in that area of Sydney. And um, yeah, currently there was a. It's like I, I haven't looked into it too much, but there was a little bit going on there, as well. So I don't know if it was a bit of spillover um, happening down there, but yeah, it was just one of those places that just had like a like like I said, the darkness was almost thick. Like when you when you turn it off, it felt like almost like an oily darkness, like a yeah, like a tactile thing. The presence of the house is kind of em- not embracing you, but like forcing itself upon you. Yeah, yeah, almost like a darkness you can touch. Yeah, so, that's really creepy, and yeah, it, it's funny. It's like a, that's a really funny way to kind of say it, but I know the the feeling that you're talking about because I've walked into places like that, and I and I don't know if it's because you know they're haunted, and that's kind of like a sixth sense to say, hey, watch out, keep on your toes, or if yeah. that's the genuine energy of the house. Yeah, and it's and it's also that kind of it's like that it's like everyone gets that feeling you know when somebody's looking at you. Well, you know when somebody's near you, like in your immediate area, and it's kind of like the leftover of a um of the caveman predator prey. Like when we were cavemen, we're out hunting. It's like we developed that sense, like animals and deers do now when they get hunted. You can almost feel somebody looking at you, suddenly, and that's just a leftover of that. So yeah, it's 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 kind of like that. It's like it's like an alert system, and in that house, the alert system was always on. 
sort of thing. There, there wasn't a break to the point where I actually like said to my parents, like, I'm not going back there. I hate it. Like, end of story. Not happening anymore. Would have been really exhausting being in that place. Yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, the the energy of the place was just off kilter, sort of thing. It was it wasn't it wasn't so much as a happy place or a sad place. It was just a very kind of anxiety, like almost like a friction in the air type of thing. It, it it just didn't sit right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like having a moody wife, and you don't want to get in the way of her. <laughs> and it's like yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah that that that's anything you deal with. You just get up and walk out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, mate, how did this all lead you down the the path of, you know, doing this kind of semi-professionally? It was just, um, well, I mean, the, the, when we moved down to Ipswich, we, so both my wife and I, we just, like, we had grown up and had these encounters and these interests. And like everyone else, mad X-File fans, um, unexplained mysteries, all those sort of TV shows. Um, well, we were up in the weeks of Sundays. We didn't really kind of have the opportunity to do any of that because there wasn't that kind of thing up there. But um, yeah, when we moved down to uh, Ipswich, um, it's like yeah, the wife was just flicking through Facebook, and there was a local um, paranormal tour uh, group saying that they had a tour at this old location, this historical society, and yeah, you want to come $50. So we thought, yeah, we'll go and check it out. Now, um, yeah, we had a blast. Uh, the wife got sworn at in one of the jail cells through the spirit box. Um, I got spoken to in my left ear by a gentleman in the church and um yeah that basically just did it for us like we've got to get into this and it just so turned out that the same group a couple of weeks later was taking in a new intake of members and did we want to do it hell yeah let's let's get into them let's do this thing and yeah we did that for about a year with these guys and um yeah it was it was a great experience and it opened us up to it's like, yeah, the locations around here, the history, the equipment, the do's and the don'ts. And, yeah, that was what laid our foundation for what we actually do now. So how does this lead into this um, encounter that you had with a kind of a shadow person entity uh, in a cemetery? A thing, yeah. Um, one of the locations that this, uh, this group used to do was a historical tour of the Drayton and Toowoomba Cemetery, um, just on the outskirts of Toowoomba up in the, up in the range. And there's certain, it's like Toowoomba's beautiful old city. Um, the cemetery is spectacular. It's stunning. It's beautiful. And it's one of our most favorite places to go every time we're at Toowoomba. And there's a certain location or a certain part of that, um, that cemetery down the end called Fifth Avenue. And that's where a lot of the weird stuff happens. It's down the back. It's a bit darker and it's, it's one of the older sections in the cemetery. So, um, yeah, down at Fifth Avenue, about halfway down, there's kind of like one of those hot pagolas sort of things. And we used to set up some equipment in there, like some can balls and spirit boxes and K2s. And, and legitimately, you'd get some, a lot of that kind of reaction out of that area, which is weird because there's nothing that can kick off any signals. There's no interference and... Yeah, it's, it's just a strange place and you'd, you'd actually get a lot of activity like both verbal and communicative and intelligent there. But this one night, uh, myself and another member of the team had gone ahead to set up. So we were maybe a couple of minutes ahead of everybody else. And it was probably about 9, 9.30 at night. And we're walking down the main 
the main road, turned right onto Fifth Avenue, and as we were walking along, we were just kind of chatting. I looked over to my left, kind of like just down the hill a little bit, and there's two, um, two kind of like obelisk pillars coming off a, a grave, uh, a grave there. And I kind of quickly looked over, and I kind of like glanced over and just glanced back. And I took a few more steps, and I thought, "Hang on a sec, did I just see something?" Like, I looked, like just back up and have another look. So I've backed up and I've had another look to where I was. I looked through the same section to my left and between these two pillars. And there was nothing there and I thought, I swear to God I've just seen something out there. Like, and it's not there now. Something's moved. So I've walked out off the path through a couple of the grave markers to where I thought I saw this thing. And I'm just kind of standing there looking around and the guy I was with, I don't know if he saw the same thing I did. But I just said to him, think I've seen something. And he said, okay, fair enough. So instead of just kind of like having a look around, just standing in the immediate area, see if I can see something. And from where I was standing, you could still see the pagoda up ahead, probably about maybe 100 metres ahead. And behind it is this huge and beautiful old, it's like twisted gnarled tree. It's a stunning thing. And as I'm looking over there, underneath, it's like, Underneath the bough of the tree where at least the golem, obviously it's dark because it's night time, but it looked extra dark. Like, darker than dark. And, and I kind of stood there and I looked at it and I thought, so I, I thought to myself, like, why does that get so dark? What's, like, something's off about it. But it was there I kind of realised that there's something else in that dark as well. And this is when that. I'm probably going to have trouble articulating like what I remember. But underneath that section of the tree, it was completely and utterly dark. But it had these little shops of, like, silver pinpoint lights in it. Sort of thing. It almost kind of looked like, looked like a black water. And it had these, like, little silver dots that had kind of flicker on and off and kind of, like, like little fairy lights, but fainter and more silver and it was just kind of sparkling and I'm, I'm standing there and I can actually remember thinking it's like my brain and my eyes are arguing about what I'm saying it's like my, my eyes are saying you'll see this and my brain's saying no you're not sort of thing. and there was that resistance between the two like trying to push two magnets together and my brain couldn't reconcile what my eyes were seeing sort of thing and I'm standing looking at this thing going like What's, what's wrong with that? What's going on? And then probably three three or four metres directly in front of me, I've kind of looked down and there's a small kind of graves marker, probably about four foot tall. As I've looked at this graves marker, I don't know why, but I've looked down and all of a sudden this thing got up from behind it, crouched over like hunched, ran to my right and then started almost doing parkour over the graves and over the markers off towards this tree now when this thing got up I've kind of I've kind of looked at it and I thought like what is it because I can see through it and I could actually make out like when someone's raining and they want to blow, they keep that hunched stance this thing did exactly that. And as it was hunched over, it would have been about 
five, five and a half foot tall. And as soon as this thing got into stride, it motored like it, 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 it was, it was just like, it just glide over the top of the grass and over everything. And I think, I think it cleared that hundred meters in probably about three or four seconds. And, um, I mean, I've seen it, I've given chase straight away. And I try and keeping up with this thing, and I'm, I'm absolutely no chance. Um, and as it's met the goal on where this dark energy, whatever, underneath the tree, it's vanished, it's gone. So the gentleman I was with, he's seen me run, so he's running in the same direction as well. So I'm running through the graves, and he's like over the graves and around them and everything. He's running down the track, and we're going to try and pincer this thing around the pergola. So like, I'm going to come one way, he's going to come another. When we've got there, we've met up and we've gone, where to go? But we haven't seen it sort of thing. And then I turned around and looked, and underneath the tree looked exactly the same. Like, it, it looked normal. Um, but it's... And, and and for a very long time, so when I, when I told people this story, it was like... It's like, yeah, I could see through this thing. I could see... I could see, like... this. I could, I could see the markers behind it. I could see the greys behind it. It was almost translucent, and when it moved, it kind of rippled its background, if you know what I mean. But then, when I was listening to your podcasts about Yowies and Bigfoots and everything, people kept saying, this thing looked like the Predator. And I thought, that's exactly what I've seen. This thing looks exactly like the Predator sitting in a tree with that camouflage. It's exactly what I've seen, and that's probably the only best way I can describe it. That's exactly what came to my mind, because the way the way you were describing that, the way that it was moving, sounds very very primal in the way that it is getting away from you, and there is really nothing on this earth that is bipedal that can move that fast, and the only thing that I've heard of that can move that fast is a bigfoot-like creature. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yeah. Yeah, this this thing, it was... Ah, uh, just the, the way it moved, it was just, just effortless. It was almost graceful. And, and it was smooth. And it looked like it, it, it took no effort at all for this thing to move. But once it moved, it was like it, it was in motion. This thing like would leave almost anything in the dust, and and yeah, it just yes. Yeah, so I got I've got my eyes eyes closed now, and I'm looking at it again. And when I say this thing parkoured, like jumped and almost did like Jack and Chan jumps over things, it, that's exactly what it did. It took the straightest lines where it needed to be. It, it wasn't going to run around things. It just went straight over them and. Yeah, it was just completely effortless. So, yeah, it was just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still blown away by it. 
How tall do you think this creature looked? I know, I know the way it's moving might have made that rather difficult, but did you get any sense of scale or, or anything to this thing? Yeah, crouched over would have been about five and a half, five and a half foot tall. We actually went back there um, over the Easter weekend, and I got my wife to stand behind this um, gravestone. And at full height, my wife is about five, seven, five, eight. So I've got her to crouch down a bit. And yeah, would have been about five and a half foot. Looking at this thing taking off, um, I'm going to say easily, it's like at full height when it was running and jumping, easily six and a half feet. Because when, when it was crouched over, it was really crouched over, like really hunched, trying to keep low. But yeah, once it got up and got into stride, I'm going to say easily six and a half feet. But it was kind of hard to judge because it kept moving and kept jumping, and it was actually, and it, and it was disappearing like it was gone. So, but um, yeah. Could you hear any sounds from this creature when it was running? Nothing, like zero. Like that, that that's the thing. It it was so it was so fluid in the way it moved. It, it didn't make a sound at all whatsoever. Like it 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 just yeah. Like like, like I said. It didn't require any effort to move at all. It was just... It was actually quite beautiful in the way it moved. Um, that's, why, that's why I said before, almost like graceful. It was... Yeah, it was... Yeah, stunning. This is going to be a really, really weird question, but the the way that it moved, like, did it seem human or did it seem like it was... I don't know how to put it. Almost, not, not primate-like, but animalistic. I... Definitely bipedal, like two arms, two legs, torso, head, the whole bit. It was, yeah, it was, it's like built, it was built like us, but it was translucent, like cintrum camouflage. Zoni, it was kind of hard to pick the outline of it because it was a bit, it was a bit fuzzy, but um, this thing was built like a tank as well, like. It's like thinking, thinking back on it, all its appendages were just thick and they were stocky. Um, like I, I, would, I would say, I would say its arms would have been about the size of a rugby league player's thighs. Um, yeah, but when it hunched over, you could actually, you could, you could, you can, you can see the bulk in its torso, like the mass that it had. Um, like whatever this thing was, it was solid. It would. It's like it, it can do some damage if it wanted to, but I think because there were two of us and all more of us coming, that's why it took off. It's scary to think of what this creature could do if it is as big as what you're saying it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like YouTube videos when you see people accidentally come across a bear, and there's that moment they look at each other and it's like the first flinches sort of thing and, and the bear generally turns around and runs off and it's it was it was kind of like that like we we both kind of recognized each other we were there and it's like there was that split second and they turn around it, it, it turned around and bolted um that's that's probably the best best thing i can think of is it kind of like that as an example but yeah it was and so can and, and and this encounter probably only lasted like in five six seconds but it's one of those things that burned in the brain. I can specifically remember like where we were, 
what I saw, where it went, the direction it went. It was just, yeah, just, I can remember a lot of detail just for like a quick six-second encounter. And everyone, everyone I've spoken to about it, and I've said, it looks like a predator, it looks like a predator. And they kind of go, yeah, okay, whatever. And it's like, but it's not whatever, this is what I saw. And that's when I heard your podcast, I thought, okay, maybe somebody can kind of clarify this if they're listening to this as well. Um, maybe somebody else has done But the thing, that, but as I was saying before, the thing that makes me cast out on this is where it happened. It happened in a cemetery surrounded by an industrial estate. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at where these things turn up because there, there's reports of these things being in people's backyards in suburban areas. Like there's... There's no place really off limits when it comes to to these creatures. And, you know, it's not the first time I've heard of these creatures kind of having this predator mode because I've I've spoken to multiple witnesses. I would I would say probably three, four of them who have witnessed basically the same thing that you've described to me, almost word for word, like the shimmering. You can see a fuzzy outline. You 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 can see like completely through it and but you can still kind of see that shape and it and it moves like nothing else on this earth yeah it's it was it's uh it's the way it moved it was like a combination of the same molten rock it's like some something that big moving that quick um that's that's probably the only way i can describe it is somebody somebody the size of dwayne johnson got the speed of the same bolt now get this thing motored and actually thinking about it as well down the end of this cemetery which avenues, there's a lot of rabbit warrens and holes in the ground as well so I'm thinking it may whatever it is it may have been down that end of the cemetery like looking for a rabbit or something to eat as well because there are a lot of like straight dogs down there as well and there's also reports of like a, a mystery dog in the in the cemetery as well um Something you may be, it might be a feeding ground. I don't know, but yeah, just just a thought. Well, yeah, that's that's a really really good point because the there's one thing that I've learned about Yowies talking to to people is that they're very opportunist kind of creatures. Like if if there's an easy meal, they're gonna take it, and that's why so many Yowie reports happen on kind of farmland areas because there is just an abundance of food there for them so if this creature knows that hey i just have to go into predator mode and and cross a few roads to get to where i need to be to get all the all the rabbits that i want to eat like that that doesn't seem too far-fetched at yeah. all yeah true yeah very very good point yeah valid yep yeah i, I actually hadn't thought of that I, i've just always been stuck on the idea of i saw this thing and what the hell is it sort of thing yeah I didn't really kind of put that much background thought into it if you know what I mean like like how did it get there it was just oh shit this thing's here and what is it and and why did I run after him like an idiot so yeah well (laughs) (laughs) I I think a lot of people would not chase this thing if they if they're in your position and you know you you kind of had the the fool's luck of not realizing of what this was 
Yeah. Because a lot of people, when they know, hey, this is this is a Yowie, this is a creature that's not supposed to exist, like it kind of really breaks their world, it breaks their paradigm. But for yourself, your your paradigm was was probably broken decades before that with the paranormal experiences that you've had. So in your mind, you're probably just thinking this is some weird paranormal entity that is running through this graveyard. Like, yeah, we was probably the last thing on your mind in that moment. Didn't, didn't even consider it. My first thought was, it's like, yeah, graveyard, shadow person, spirit spectre, like this thing's not going to hurt me, whatever it is. That's like chase after it. So I think it was only when I'd started speaking to a few other friends about it that, they said, oh, it, it, it may be this. And that's when I kind of thought, okay, well, yeah, we'll just do that for you, idiot. Like, that, that couldn't turn out completely different. But, um, yeah, no, I think, I think I'm, I've always been the kind of person that, like, even when we do investigations, you hear something, you see something, I'm the fool that runs towards it. So I think to find out what is it sort of thing, um, that there, I think I'm just wired a bit different. And most people, I thought, oh, I think I've got kind of like a self-preservation thing, which my wife continually screams at me about. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great. So if you were, let's, let's, let's go back to that time. And if you could replay it, would you do anything differently now, knowing what you know? Would I, would I not chase it? No, and chase it again. Um, and I'd probably try and chase it a little harder because I'm not sure it's like how I was explaining that black mystery sparkly silver whatever it was under the tree I don't know if it ran into that or if it ran past that and kept on running if it kept on running I would have liked to have known where it was going to because then I can get a sense of where it's come from Um, probably the only thing I would have done differently is hey camera on me and at least that way, try and get videos, like get get proper record of what my eyes saw. So I've got a like a like an electronic witness. That's 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 literally probably the only thing I'd change. One thing that I completely overlooked is this this kind of silver light that you saw. So, are you able to describe that a little bit more for me? Because it is really not uncommon to hear of orbs around Yowie activity areas. Yeah, um, so where this pergola is, it's right next to, a, I'm not sure what kind of tree it is, like, to me, trees are trees and plants are plants. Um, there's this beautiful big old kind of gnarled tree, and it kind of spreads out over the top of the pergola, and where the branches were stretching out over the pergola, that immediate area under there, was it was blacker than the surrounding area. So that was the thing that first got my guard, uh, got my attention. And I was, I was looking at it, and I was trying to figure out, like, why is it so black under there? It's... It's almost again like a like a, like a like a black you can touch. It's almost like a molassesy, oily, and it, and it looked like a kind of I don't know if going to get us like getting off in a tin foil well here, but it looked like it was almost like kind of undulating and shimmery and wavy, sort of thing. Like it had a like it had a movement to it, and then inside that it was almost like very 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 faint fairy light kind of silver little silver lights that had kind of flicker and go out flicker and go out kind of all over it sort of thing um and uh, that's the problem that my senses were having was you're seeing this thing but what is it 
and trying to reconcile that again between my brain and my eyes. That's what I'm standing and I'm, I'm, I'm just standing going, what the F is that? I, what is it? What is it doing? Is it really there? Or is it just that? And that was the argument that my brain was having. Um, that's probably the best way I can describe it was like having like, a, like, like an oil slick with like an oil slick with stars in it. And the stars and flicker, that's, 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 that's it. They're not fairy lights, they're stars, because when you look up into the stars and the skies at night and you see them flicker and shimmer, this is what those lights are doing in that blackness as well. And that's where I was standing there watching, and then I saw what I saw. So, um, yeah, that's just, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I can't articulate it better, but I'm still having a bit of problem putting into words what I saw. No, I think you're doing a fantastic job because, you know, you're seeing something that is just so far out of the normal. Even for a paranormal investigator, you know, you, you've kind of crossed boundaries. You've gone from paranormal investigator and you've you've kind of accidentally stepped into the Yowie world here. And the the rules are probably completely different if, if that's even a thing that... That what you what you know in the paranormal world potentially doesn't translate to to that whole Yowie phenomenon because there there is a lot of high strangeness that goes along with the the Yowie I guess events and it's just so unexplainable. Yeah, that was I mean, and listening to all the it's like listening to all the guys that you have on your podcast that um. It's like you know, specialize in Yowies and um, the gentleman that had the Sierra tapes. Something, something the gentleman that, that, that did the Sierra tapes kind of resonated with me a bit when he said that he believes they're all almost quantum, quantum, like multidimensional. Yeah, yeah. Is what? Yeah, is is what I saw a result of that sort of thing? That blackness under the tree is that? Is that where these two places touch? something or is that something that the Yowie can generate that kind of look at like a I don't know like a I don't want this to sound weird but like a doorway or a or a portal or a and a means of getting from one point to another sort of thing is that related to that quantum theory um yeah a lot of people believe that that a genuine possibility when it comes to the Yowie because I've spoken to people who said that they've seen this creature literally just disappear in front of them. It's it's walked across a, a little like one meter wide pathway and by the time it got from one side to the other, it's disappeared. And that's not that's not a lot of distance. Yeah, I mean when I first saw this thing it was probably like three, four meters in front of me. Five seconds later it was about oh, I want to say about 80, 90 metres ahead sort of thing. So that, that's that's how quickly this thing moved and let it hit this section and it just vanished. It was, it was gone. Would you ever want to see it again? Yeah, definitely. Without, without hesitation. That's what it's all about. Like that's why... It's like that's why people get into this is that that's the moment that you're looking for. Everybody... Every, everybody does this to have an experience like that. It's... And it's not the end goal, but it's one of the goals, if you know what I mean, is to experience it. That's, yeah, that's why we spend thousands of dollars on equipment and walk around, walk around dark places at night, trip over things, and yeah, get home at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. It's, it's, it's for those little magic moments. So definitely, yeah, 
knowing what you know about yaois and i don't know how deep you've gone down the the yaoi rabbit hole but these these creatures are tremendous like they are gigantic beasts of the bush how does how does knowing what this thing potentially was how does that sit with you like where does that fit in your world um i'm fine with it like it's like 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 so because doing what we do we've we've met some really like some of the coolest people on the planet in in this field and i've told them the story and it's it, it, it knows what it is. It's as real as it's like the chairs we're sitting on. It's as real as the car we drive. It it's factually there. It doesn't really bother me. What bothers me is my lack of intellect in explaining what I saw. Um, but yeah, as far as actually what it is, it's it's there. It's real. People need to understand that it's not a figment of imagination. It's not. It's like swamp gas. It's not a Chinese weather balloon or anything. It's like these these things things these things are flushing blood, and maybe even beyond that as well. Like they are real. End of story. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail dot com. Finally. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.